You have come to a place where all sports matter. And some sports just matter more than others. This is the LTV Sportscast. And now your host, Leighton. Welcome sports fans to another episode of the LTV Sportscast. Today joining me remotely is the big Andreas Mankiller. And has he told me before the show that he's got a winning combination for us this weekend. Big K, how's it going? How are you doing? Tell us everything. Yeah, good evening, Leighton. Listeners, um, stay close, listen wisely. If you want to get good points this week, I've got some great tips up my sleeve. I'm going to hold you to that. Now, that being said, Andreas, uh, I take no responsibility for my points this weekend. It's all on you. However, however, there are a few, a few more entries into our Pods League. Very exciting to see. And we've got some big players. So some big chasing you have to do. I see old Lloydie's legends, Justin Lloyd. Uh, he is a South African. I see 69 points this past weekend with total points, 495. Then Cam's ja- Cam Jacobs, he's on 446. And then I see you scraped into, you're just behind 400 now. Dropping a little bit off the, the Jeremy, I see. Uh, Leighton, I'm not scared. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, might be about 70 to 60 points of the top guy this weekend, and then I'll go for my run. I'll start cruising up the hill. Okay, well, I'm going to be looking forward to that. Andreas, let's get straight back into it. Um, before before we start, obviously, there's no Monday games this weekend, and then it's off to the international break. So next week, we'll be obviously focusing on a, a, a little bit less things. We might be talking about strategies, things like that next week. So if you're out there for the listener, don't miss the episode. We might get to actually pick the brains for the first time and see what's going on behind the behind the big boys. That being said, the following, we're going to start making some changes to the show, hopefully to spruce things up to make it a little bit nicer, a little bit more entertaining, where we're going to give away the pods um, team weekly, the pods weekly team. So we'll see what happens there, as well as what we do on a consensus captain's pick. So yes. Right, Friday night, Brighton-Burnley, Andreas, listen, Brighton have been exciting, could have been better this past weekend, Burnley look a little bit sour, is it time to punt the Brighton? Quite simply, Leighton, yes, um, I was not happy with Mr. Potter leaving out my marpie, um, but, going into this, but going into this game, very happy about it, he's well, he's rested. I see two goals from the man himself. Um, if it wasn't the first game week, the way Burnley are playing, not being able to score goals, conceding so many chances, mm. I would have taken a huge punt on actually captaining Malpai. And we would have thought we'd be talking this far into a season game week eight and captaining a Brighton and Hove player. However, um, they'd be a worthy captain. They've they've pretty much been everyone's match in every game. A bit mm. of luck go their way. I, I see them scoring two, three goals quite comfortably in a lot of games this season. So in this game, a Burnley team in big trouble. I don't know what Sean Dyche is going to do to turn this around, but he's done it before. So um, I'm hoping he doesn't do a banana skin game on me. Yeah, and they turn it around <laughs> now. But I'm going for a Lamptey clean sheet and hopefully an assist or goal from him okay. with two with two Mapai goals in it. And I'm thinking Brighton win this comfortably 3-0. I Leighton. hope you're right. I hope you're right. I still have Mapai in my team. They, they did do um, quite well, although they did lose to Tottenham in the end. But Burnley have also only, con- uh, only scored three goals all season. And they've conceded 12. So, 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 Brighton over Burnley. I'm with you. It's it's pretty much uh, one and done. Big players are standing out there. Maupai, Lamptey. Uh, in the midfield, Trissard, another another valuable asset that could come through, get some points for you. What do you think? 
Very. I called Trossard last week and he started up front. Um, so it shows that he's got the manager's faith when, when Maupai's out. For those people that are contemplating taking Maupai out for this one week um, that he didn't play, this is not the week to take him out against mm. Burnley. Keep him, even if he doesn't play. Hope you've got a player on the bench that will come in because I see a double-digit haul coming from him on Friday. What a nice way to start the weekend if you've got him, because a lot of people would have shipped him out. They would have thought there was some controversy behind the scenes. The The feedback I'm getting is Potter says they've become too reliant on him and he needed a break. And he even said that if he put him on the bench, he would have been tempted to put him on. So he left him at home altogether. So it just shows how much uh, they they depend on Maupai. So guys, for me, I can't wait for Friday. Um don't forget early close off six o'clock, change those teams, change those captains. And I hope you have my part because as you said, Leighton, uh, mm. I think that's my first 10 points. I'm going to gain on the people above me that don't have him. Sure. I, I hope you're right because I've had him in my team forever. And like Timo Werner, Maupai has kind of disappointed me. But anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Chelsea when we get to Chelsea because they will have some words there. Right. So no, no big expectations from Burnley, big expectations from Brighton. Um, pretty much, I, I don't know what more you want to throw in on that. It's going to be a fun start to the weekend. But following that, up, uh, up, uh, up, well, down south from a, t- and a team from up north, Southampton versus Newcastle. If I was going to say there was, there was a, a team that seems to be performing even with what looks like injuries, although now talisman Danny Ings is out and he's out for till December sometime. Can Southampton still put it together without their talisman against Newcastle, who are showing promise? Later, Jeremy's going to wake up, listen to the podcast, not feeling too happy with me because I'm, I'm going for Southampton win, yeah? I think Newcastle are playing out of their skin. They're playing really, really nice. They keep it compact. The Southampton team just creates chance after chance after chance. How with things on the field. Yeah, exactly. How big a miss is Danny Ings going to be for them? We'll only know tomorrow. Um Maybe it's a chance for my man, the, the luck's played in my favor, that I've got Che Adams and he starts um, now alone as the main man. So maybe it's a good time to get Adams, um, get some goals there. And I'm very lucky. I've got the double up with Armstrong and, and Danny Ings' injury. Armstrong was my facilitator on the bench. And with Danny Ings' injury now, I'm actually going to start Armstrong tomorrow instead of actually thinking, I was thinking of taking him out and transferring him out. But because of the fact that they like to play two up front, I've got a feeling... Um, Hutenhal will actually start him up top with Adams as like yeah. a false uh, striker. So I think Southampton will be too strong. They found form at the right time. They will miss their talisman. They will. But if you think about the previous games, they create chances all round. I mean, we would have thought, I, I got back, I didn't watch the game, 3-0 lap. I'm thinking, yes, mm. I've got points aplenty from Che Adams just to see Ward Price <laughs> yeah. with two goals and an assist. Um, so uh, they come from all over the field. Uh, I think they they're just getting stronger and stronger. Mm. It's it's a nice game for them to play because Newcastle still play an open game, so Southampton will have a few chances there. If Newcastle show up and say Maximum runs directly at them and, and Wilson's on fire, it, it will be a great game. I think it's going to be a good spectacle. I see a lot of goals in that game, and I'm tipping Southampton to win it just three two. Three two. So they they win it by the odd goal. That being said, and you do mention about Newcastle going forward. They didn't have the most possession against Everton, but what what we can see and what you are talking about, Callum Wilson, Callum Wilson does tend to need less shots to get goals, and that's something that that you really want from your from your attacker, your striker. You want to be able to know that if you're getting it into that area, you have a chance, and that's how I think that's how they landed up getting the win against Everton. It wasn't they they weren't uh, more attacking 
They didn't take more shots. They got the same amount of shots on goal, but they did come away with a 2-1 victory there. So, yes, Newcastle can walk in with just as much confidence as Southampton. So a great Friday, although it is quite late. It is, it is a late game. <laughs> it's Friday, guys. Don't worry. It's yeah. Friday. It's the weekend. What a great way to start with two back-to-back Premier League games. Let me say one last thing on Southampton, Leighton, yeah. because everything you said about Callum Wilson is very true at mm. Newcastle. But it's showing that they are they are staying in games with creating few opportunities. Southampton, it's the other way around. They're creating plenty of opportunities yeah. and not taking them all. So I'm, unfortunately for uh, for Jeremy and the Newcastle fans out there, I think Southampton are going to hurt a side uh, in the coming weeks. I think they will score three or four, five goals against a side soon. And I'm just hoping it's not against Newcastle um, on Friday because I've got a bit of a soft spot for them. But if it is to be them, hmm. four goals for Che Adams doesn't sound too bad to me. No, not at all. Look, Southampton have scored 14 goals this season. They have conceded 12. So you know they, they do find the back of the net and they are leaky at the back. So it might be one of those times when you go, listen, if, if you have Shea and you have Callum Wilson in your side, you can, you, can get, you can get points on both sides. So, so that can be quite exciting. Tell me, do you think out of any of those games so far, there's, there's, if you're going to take a hit, would it be worth putting in any one of those teams? Yes, uh, Ward Prowse. I mean, they only have to get a free kick um, in every second or third game, and he'll put it on target. Yeah. And with Danny Ings out, he'll be on, on penalty duty as well. Mm. So it opens up two differentials for him. So uh, Ward Prowse is someone I would look at, you know, very good value as well. And How much is he at cup, right now? Later, he's, he's under seven, I can tell you right now. I, I actually looked at 5. it. 5.8 or 6.8. I saw something like that. Yeah, I think you're all right. Yeah, he's, he's very cheap, and he's worth it. He's worth every single penny because... If he continues to play in that in that role, they're five point nine under six. Uh, it's fantastic value, mm. and um, I, I think he. I would take a punch on him if I had extra subs and I could, and I didn't have Armstrong. I would have taken a punch on him. I like the fact that hopefully he'll be the second assister. So Ward Price passes on to an Armstrong to yeah. give it to an Adams. That's my hope, but but he could get points, and and that's the one I would say I would go for him. And for those that still don't have Saint Maximum. He, mm. he looks exciting every time. And, and we've just said, Southampton concede a lot of goals. Yeah. So why not get a player that will run directly at them, creates a chance for Cullen Wilson. He likes a shot. And he's come out and said himself, he wants to score more goals this season. Oh, well, that's going to be exciting. And I think if you're a Newcastle fan, uh, FPL aside, that's something you want to hear. So, so a little bit of a, a good feel factor going into to the weekend for uh, both teams, both Southampton and Newcastle. So, yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. And that can actually put Southampton, if Southampton get the win over there, can put them on top of the table, eh? Going into Saturday on top of the table, that could be quite interesting. A nice little feather in the hat there. Now, off into Saturday, talking about Saturday, and it's the, the midday game or the early game, possibly game of the weekend. I know we say that a lot, and it almost seems like every time I say game of the weekend, it, it lands up being... Mostly boring, except for the United-Tottenham game, where I think I got that spot on, because that was a whole bunch of fun. Because we won't talk about, obviously, at the same weekend, I think Liverpool lost, but it's not worth mentioning. So, Everton versus Man United. Um, how much does midweek results play into this, do you think? Leighton, so, so much. But before we get into the midweek result, we are realistically saying, going into an Everton-United game, that Everton are the strong favourites to win the game. 100%. And no one can actually dispute that. Mm. Going into Wednesday, this Oles team is so inconsistent. You go put five past Leipzig, 
then you don't know how to play soccer on the weekend again. Mm. Then you go to Istanbul and you lose 2-1 and you leave your defense absolutely, you leave your keeper alone in a Champions League game. And we're talking, put Henderson there. Where was he screaming for a defender to get back? Where is the communication? Where is the extra effort, the oomph? <laughs> I think Everton and Ancelotti will be licking their lips. Um, I think the only thing United have in their favour playing Everton right now is that Everton have some injuries. Because mm. they were playing Everton full strength, I would have told you straight away, Everton 2-0. Um, but we've seen what Jeremy has said. This United team like to bounce back. It's almost like they're the yo-yo team now. They they give a good result, then they give a bad one, then their managers may be under pressure and the players are under pressure and maybe they're going to pitch up and beat Everton 3-0. Mm. But Leighton, I, I can only think that form and class are, are, are so far apart at the moment. We always say form is temporary, class is permanent. I don't see the class shining through. So is this the new United we're getting used to? And is this the new Everton that we are getting used to? So, yeah, but the new Everton did just uh, come off some two not-too-fantastic results for them, including a, a loss to Newcastle. I mean, obviously, it, it's, it's, they could be a little bit down as well. No, absolutely. But if you were Ancelotti, wouldn't wouldn't you be getting the guys up for a game like this after two losses saying, guys, when in your life would Man United be ripe for the picking if not today? Yeah, 100%. So, so uh, unfortunately for me, um, I don't have Calvin Lewin and I don't like his dodgy goals in the last minute and, and his extra bonus points. They just throw his way. I oh, do. They but, just throw it his way. Uh, unfortunately, seeing him disappoint me again by scoring uh, this week because okay. of, of the way it's going. So the one time for a long time, being a lifelong Liverpool fan, I would actually happily like uh, Calvin Lewin to get nine points because it would mean that Everton probably won the game. Um, so... Uh, Alayton, I'm going to actually call a score draw uh, just because I, I see United pitching up and I still mm. think Everton will be better on the day. I'm going to go 2-2 and um, I think uh, Bruno Fernandes uh, gets some points. If you're looking for a Man United player, put him in because he likes to galvanize mm. them and get them going when, they, when they're having a, a, a rough spell. And from an Everton point of view, yeah, that man, unfortunately, uh, nominee Calvin Lewin, um, mm. he's their go-to, you know, so... The one thing that will be interesting for, for Fancy Premier League um, is, has Pickford been dropped indefinitely I, now? Well, I don't know if he's been dropped indefinitely, but it, it's it's worth assuming that he's not going to start. Um, I don't know how well their defense does, realistically. Uh, there, there is obviously some... When, when there's doubt that creeps in, you start to see it. And I don't want to say because I mean obviously when we get to Liverpool game I'll do I will mention obviously from from my point of view when I look at how how doubt works into a side after watching a bunch of our games but obviously when you look at United I mean there is doubt there when you look at their defense but it's the keeper and the defense they're not talking they're always at risk uh, I just want to go back to the Everton midfield Rodriguez for a second year right does Rodriguez play this weekend does he start this weekend. <sighs> Leighton, I don't know, but I, I still think they'll be strong enough without him. If he plays, if he plays and he comes back into the team, they also get Luca Dean back because they got that three-game suspension down to one game. And I think he will cause all sorts of problems um, for United this weekend. So if Rodriguez plays, and uh, I think he will. I think Angelotti will play him. I think he, he's he's better off than he's making out to be in the media. So um, watch that closely before Friday. Angelotti speaks on Friday, by the way, so because of the okay. early kickoff. So people will know if he plays beforehand. And he's quite honest normally. He is quite honest. He normally says it as it is. If he if he feels he's trained well, he'll say he'll start him. Okay. But I, if I he think doesn't it, start, 
I think Sigurdsson fits in there, fits in there like a glove with Allen back. It maybe allows Sigurdsson to have more freedom. Um, and uh, I, I think Dinier will have a great game if uh, if Rodriguez doesn't play anyway. So it might be one to look at bringing him back in uh, for free kicks uh, and corners and set pieces. And we saw, I mean, he just has to loop the ball from a goal kick over the halfway line and they might get a goal, the way United uh, defended in midweek. Yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> that being said, United also have the ability to, to go off and score a bunch of goals. That man, Rashford, as well. Um, and they... they their midfield is, apart from Lingard, I think everyone looks fit, that side? Absolutely. Uh, but I don't know if Ole Gunnar knows his strongest team. I think he's trying to accommodate Pogba and Bruno Fernandes in the same side, not unleashing them. He's almost like, I'm going to play both of you, but I don't know how I'm going to play both of you. Would you then, accommodate Pogba? Leighton, I still think he's a classy player. He might cause problems. He might not do everything he needs to do, but he's still a great footballer. Maybe he is the guy that they need to give a bit more love and attention to and say, you go play with all the freedom, like the way he played with France at the World Cup, the way he played in the preferred season. Maybe he should be the talisman to be allowed to do what he does instead of Fernandes. Because the one thing with Fernandes, we've seen his passing caliber. He could be almost like um, Xavi Alonso-esque for them, yeah. where he sits back and he could spread the ball all over the place with a Rashford, Martial, and um, and Greenwood. If you if it were me this weekend, I'd go with a most attacking four I could be. I'd play Cavani up front, up top. I'd play Rashford. I would play Greenwood on the wings, and I would play uh, Pogba and Fernandez with one holding midfielder. Okay, that is, that's how I would start out if I was United. But I think there will be goals, and I think you're right. They're electric and they're on fire, and and maybe they find that in this Everton game. I think they'll find a stubborn Everton side though. So hmm. I'm I'm hoping perfect result for a Liverpool fan. Draw. draw. Yeah, for sure. Or truth be told, I mean, it wouldn't hurt if United did beat Everton. You know, just to just to, to bring them no, back no, down no, to no, earth. No, 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 no. but no. then we can get points on Everton and then I mean United will only be on ten points and we'd be nine points ahead. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, guy, think about it. It's not the worst. We don't need Everton getting uh too too big for their bridges kind of thing. So, so, so right. But yes, a draw would be nice. Realistically though. I think Man United go, they get the result if Rodriguez doesn't start. Because I don't know where the creativity comes from or that type of world-class creativity comes from. Because it would if, if uh, United are starting and if Pogba's mind is in it and Fernandez's mind is in it, then I think uh, United get that result. So I have it, uh, United, truth be told, I have United actually going to Everton, humbling them a little bit, getting a 3-1 result. So a, a big yeah. one for United. And you say 2-2 two, two draw, eh? Leighton, I'm going to stick with a 2-2 two, two draw, but if I, if I favour a win, I'm going to favour Everton. Because let's not forget, the Champions League games in, on, in midweek, they take a lot out of you. And Everton have had a full week to prepare. So yeah. it's, uh, from that perspective too, I'm, I'm sticking with my draw. But I'm actually, Man United fans out there, hoping for an Everton win. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, into uh, Palace versus Leeds. Now, Again, Leeds, where it looked like they were starting to get their defense right, they they go ahead and they play uh, Leicester on the weekend. And things things go pretty south for them, pretty fast there. I did, I did know that uh, uh, the defense, the Leeds defense, was talking about just how fast the um, you know, Leicester boys were against them. Crystal Palace don't pose the same threat in terms of out-and-out pace. They're also a team that sits back 
um, which will allow Leeds to to hammer forward, hammer forward, hammer forward, and then Crystal Palace hope. I think I think their best hope is to get get over a long go long route, get the ball to Zaha, get to, get it down to Townsend, cross that ball in somewhere. But otherwise, I think Leeds could be primed for another 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 good showing, getting a lot of goals, which might be another one where you get Bamford into your side and say, listen, this man's going to get some goals this weekend. What do you think? Yeah, you're spot on, Leighton. Um, this is a game that I can't pick because I think in a very weird way, it's almost the perfect game for Crystal Palace because that lead side will just come at you. So it leaves that space in behind for Zaha and Townsend to run into. So so from a Crystal Palace side, that's the that's the good side from, from, from their team. Um, that's one of my punts. As I told you, I'm going to give a lot of punts today of who people should get in. I, I think I've got Zaha wrong. I'm, I'm seeing if, if Crystal Palace are going to score one goal, he's either going to get the assist or goal, it looks like. So yeah. he could be a banker for five to eight points in every game. And at seven under 7.5, that's, that's a good return every single time for a player because you'll get the odd break on the away games. And we know Leeds concede goals. So there could be two goals in there for Crystal Palace. Another one that I'd like people to look at now, because just of his class, he oozes class every time he plays. We know he's got a wand of a left foot, is Patrick Van Arnold. He's back. He looked great uh, first outing back. And um, against this lead side, they could keep a clean sheet. But I don't think you necessarily have to worry about getting Van Arnold for clean sheets. You get him for assists and goals. And he is the top uh, five goal-scoring defenders in the league in the last 10 years. So with a stat like that, I mean, he's obviously he, he's, he's good for it. You know, you're not going to go many games without him having chances. Leeds, How many clean sheets does uh, Palace get, though? Well, we know that Hodgson, uh, Hodgson gets them playing uh, quite a defensive game. So when Mihalovic comes into the team and with Carthay in front there, they actually keep it quite tight. So, And we know Goita saves them quite a few times. So it could be one of those that, that, that pays off. Am I going to pay the extra money to get Vinaldo? I'm not. I, mm. I got on the Chilwell bandwagon very early, so I was lucky enough to get him at a, at a, at a cheap price. But um, I'm watching him. And Leeds, wow. How exciting are they? Yes, they found a very, very accomplished, very good Leicester City side. Vardy on top form, Barnes mm. on top form. But Leeds had chances. So um, mm. is that the is that their one-off really bad game that they're going to have? And, and do they bounce back? Maybe. I think Leeds lick their lips at every game now. They're not scared of any side. That's what they've shown us. Sure. I mean, they, they're going to go to that Crystal Palace side and they're just going to attack and attack and attack. And In Bamford, terms of value, I mean, look, the their their defense. I think I think their most expensive defender is Dallas, and I mean he's at four point five, and you know he's a goal threat as well. Because they, so they get goals, literally from all over the pitch yeah. as well. So it's you don't know where it's coming from, but you know Leeds are making chances, and I think for that reason, I think Crystal Palace are in a little bit of trouble this weekend because I don't think they make enough chances, which means Leeds outscore them, although Leeds concede. Exactly, Leighton. Similar to a Brighton-Burnley mm. uh, thing, Leeds will create more chances. Um, uh, Crystal Palace will try to stay in the game like Burnley will try to do with, with Brighton and Hove. So, and Bamford, those goals. Wow. If that was Messi, if that was Ronaldo, praise, we'd praise, be going, praise. Yeah, that's all <laughs> we would be doing. But because it's Patrick Bamford, um, the Chelsea... Uh, Young striker that they didn't want. No one talks about it. I mean, I think he scored the goal of the season so far. And, and let me tell you, I don't think the guy wants to stop. I, I thought Rodrigo would be fighting for his place. He's yeah, injured. So. so so number one, he's injured. So Bamford's safe again for another week. And 
and I've even got it wrong. I thought, no, I'm not going to go for Bamford. He's going up too much. But he's six million. And if they're going to create, keep scoring goals, even at 6.5, he should be value, to be honest with you. So um, you might see Bamford in my side. You might not by the end of the weekend. Oh, um, really? It's, it's one of those I'm thinking about. But I've, I've got other striking options that I want to look at first. Um, Cards I, I close to the you. chest, eh? No, not at all. I've, I'll tell you what I'm, what I'm thinking of doing in okay. two different scenarios, and I'll, and I'll name them before the end of this. But I'm, I agree with you. I'm going with the Leeds to Crystal Palace. One, and again, the two main boys from both sides scoring. So Zaha for the Crystal mm. Palace goal and Bamford to get a goal at least for his side. Sure. Okay. So, which, which I'm glad to hear you say that as well, since I have Bamford in. So I, I have been I have been struggling a little, and for no for no bigger reason than the team I'm about to mention next, Chelsea. <sighs> Chelsea. So I had Pulisic in. I captained him because I thought, yes, you know what, I'm going to get the I'm going to get that differential. He doesn't start. Um, Ziyech, the Ziyech, I nearly put in Ziyech instead of Pulisic, but I kind of went with my heart thing. I should have gone with my head and put in Ziyech after the weekend. And I was always going to captain. I always planned to captain Chelsea against Burnley. I would have got plenty points. But uh, yes, Pulisic decided to um, pull a Werner and uh, have uh, um, a surprise surprise uh, sex with my, my team again so so thanks yeah thanks chelsea so, thanks so, it's great sorry Leighton. what was that would have could have should have every fantasy league manager's um, captain choice that never paid off yeah listen i think i've got one <laughs> one time i've captain where i've got double digits one. take your punishment my boy okay so it's my rookie season though so yeah yeah let's get into chelsea sheffield united um chris wilder they haven't been as bad as one point and, and that worries me because I am – this is when I was telling you I'm mulling over two options. I'll tell you my first one is um, Z-check your man there. And I am actually thinking it's time to ship um, ship Jimenez and maybe time to get the Werner. I was speaking to a good friend of mine, Dr. Rob, Mr. Chelsea himself. And he said, stop bad-mouthing my man Werner on, on the podcast. He is fantastic. He is brilliant. He's going to score goals for fun. Rob, I'll own it. I think the man has found form. He's ready. Um, and he's ready to get into my team. i just got to decide between him and another big man that I'll talk about a little bit later. And by the end of the show, I think I might be confirmed of where I'm going. But just Chelsea juggernaut seems like exactly what I said, Leighton. Give it seven, eight games, and we will we will see the true Chelsea. They now, with the new keeper, Mendy, they're now four games in all competitions where they haven't conceded. And the way they dispatched Burnley, I mean, that could have been five or six goals. What they did in the Champions League in midweek, again, 3-0. Uh, I can't see them... I can't see them winning less than three 0 again. I think they might bank us this weekend, chill well. And I think to the to the listeners out there, get Chelsea coverage. Zichek looks fantastic. Mount looks great. Uh, Werner looks like he's found his, his spot now. And um, Ampot seems to have found a spot for Abraham too. So Leighton, keep Pulisic. Keep him. I think he's going to he's going to get your rewards. Uh, I don't know if you should captain him, no, but you did say it's your rookie season and it's your first time. So maybe maybe listen a little bit more. And you can pick a better captain. But um, okay. Werner, for the people that are looking for that game, at 9.3, he's going to keep going up now. He's going to keep scoring goals and getting assists. So, so get him in your side. Question, question, question. From year on out to the end of the season, can Werner outscore either points, on, points in the FPL or goals in Premier League? Can he outscore Kane? 
if the season started now? So that is my anomaly. Um, if if Spurs did not have Son, mm. I would say no chance. But because Son and Kane are going to have to split the points now and again, because they're not going to score two goals and three and goals Bale. every week. Yeah, but, but more Son, actually. <laughs> Let's talk about a player that's in form. So Spurs, my, my thinking is Spurs are going to win a lot of games 1-0, draw 1-1. And in those games, it's going to be Kane or Son. So right now, it's Kane and Son. Whereas Chelsea, I think, as, as Jeremy always says about that ceiling, I see Chelsea scoring two, three goals more often in games than Spurs do. And Werner will be their main man. And the tipping point mm -hmm. for me, thinking about Werner, he's taken the penalties off Jorginho. Jorginho. So yeah. that's the tipping point for me. He's taken penalties off him now. They will get a lot of penalties and a lot of opportunities. So I'm actually going to say, yes, he, he matches Kane. I don't know if he outscores him, but he matches okay. him for goals from here to the rest of the season. So do I put him back in my side? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. You, so if it fails, if it fails, it's on you. No problem. Okay, cool. I, I can live with that. Now let's quickly talk with Sheffield seems to, to be finding some, some more stability in, um, in the defense. They're starting to tighten up again. And if they, if they start to tighten up, that's going to make things a little bit tougher for Chelsea than they anticipate. As free-scoring as they are, Sheffield can be pretty tough to break down. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I think they... I'll, I'll, I'll put my hand up. I think they played an absolutely phenomenal game against uh, Liverpool, Sheffield United. Uh, Arguably, from they've an, got a winner. Absolutely, and from an attacking sense, mm. to say that they were solid in the, in the defence and midfield, but from an attacking sense. Then against City, they showed that they can stay in a game again for long periods. They went at their fluent best going forward. And now, uh, now McGoldrick and, and Bruce, they've played a few more games together. His new guys have all played. Um, I think the game comes another game too soon for them. But I've seen enough again that Wilder and Sheffield United will be fine this season. I, I really, truly uh, think they will be fine. Uh, I do see uh, Chelsea dispatching them. I think one thing in, in Chris Wilder and Sheffield United's favour is the midweek Champions League game. It took a lot out of Chelsea to play that game because they know that they knew they needed a win. So mm. that helps them. That evens it out a little bit. Um I'm still going to go Chelsea winning comfortably. Uh, maybe not 3-0. I'll change, I'll change that just because it's Sheffield United and the respect I have for Wilder and his side and the defence. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0. Okay. So th that's that's kind of you. I, I do think uh, I do think Chelsea leak goals as well. I think that's going to come back again. I they Although they've gone four without conceding, you said? Yeah, they've gone 800-odd or 700-odd minutes, I read, in Champions League Cups and the last four games with Mendy in the, in, as their goalkeeper. So how long do you think they can keep that up for? They're an attacking team. They're not a defensive team. But, but Leighton, they are playing within themselves. If you can see it, they, they were attacking far more fluently. And there's one thing that's changed. They brought Kante back. Yeah. Kante is like two players in front of that back four. That's so uh, it does help. It allows the attacking players to do what they do. And he knows his role. When you're playing with a, a Jorginho, you're playing with a Mount. They, they know how to play that position. And a Jovicic. They know how to, they know how to play that Kovacic. They know how to play it. But they want to play football too. Whereas Kante winning the league for Leicester, his role under Kante at Chelsea winning the league again. Lampard is finding it hard to keep Kante at the side and say, listen, you're the best holding midfielder in world football for the last three to four years. Do that for us. Allow the other guys to go score goals. We might be in a title race. But that's his thing, man. It, and, I mean, I know we alluded to that 
in much earlier podcasts about the fact the importance of a defensive midfield and why I feel that they might need to change FPL to start accommodating that defensive midfield if you can get one in there. So you can get the points because there's no there's no winning a league competing at the top unless you have a quality defensive midfielder good at bringing that transition play to get the ball forward but really defensively astute. So so important, man. And for that reason, look, I, I don't know how how Chelsea come out this weekend. I don't know if complacency is there, thinking, listen, we've hit our stride. You know, that does that does factor into a team. Maybe I th- I think that I think they win it two one, but I do see them conceding. I actually think I, I see them actually conceding the first goal. So it would be something that they'd have to play for to, to get their head down again. And that's where I think Lampard at halftime is going to have to have words with them. So second half, Chelsea. First half, uh, Sheffield United. That's how I see that game going. And the, the last thing on that game is just let's give Lampard and, and Peter Cech and the board credit. Uh, Mendy has made a difference in a short time. Uh, long may it continue because uh, Elizabeth, uh, uh, what's his name? Elizabeth Lecker, the keeper. Yeah, yeah that. Uh, you, 70 million, and Mendy comes in and shows him how to actually be a goalkeeper. Dude, you could put uh, a straw man in between the uprights, and you'd probably get better results than uh, than uh, uh, Mendy's predecessor. So, <clears throat> right. Then ending off uh, Saturday, we do have a fun game because Fulham is starting to attack now. Have you still got Dimitrovic in your team? Leighton, I do not, and uh, I called him getting something as soon as I put Adams in. Okay, thankfully, Adams got me one assist, and Mitrovic uh, got the two and no bonus points, so it didn't hurt that badly. But it's a long-term move anyway. I, I still see, so mm. I play the fixtures for the next three, four games. I still see Che Adams outscoring Mitrovic for the next I three, four weeks. I agree with you. So uh, I'm not going to cry about it just yet. But if he scores this weekend and outscores Adams, uh, then uh, there might be a few profanities in the killer household. Oh. But um, what what, uh, what does the wife have to say? Does she swear? <laughs> so Leighton, oh. I'm very very interested to talk about this game. This is the game I've most been looking forward to. Mm. I've got my Jared Bowen in. The fixtures have turned for West Ham. Yes, they have. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking to my word. I, I'm, I, they, I've seen enough from them to to put attacking players from West Ham in. Creswell in defence uh, for them? No, I'm, I haven't done that move yet, but I would go Masuoko just for the point five and playing uh, more attacking. He plays in front of Creswell. Um, I think that's great value, attacking returns, and they will get clean sheets. But more than that is yes. It's unfortunate that Antonio is out. It opens up another gap uh, for Bowen, for Haller, for Lanzini and all of those. But my tip of the weekend is that West Ham-Fulham game will be high scoring. Mm. And I hope that Jared Bowen is in the goals because <laughs> I've, I've called him for the, the first few games. And for those of you that don't know, West Ham play Fulham. Then they play Sheffield United. Then they play Aston Villa. They play Man United and Leeds. So the next five games, they play potentially four teams that should be struggling and Man United now. <laughs> Excuse me for saying that, United Look, fans. Whether United would win, uh, would beat uh, West Ham United, the, the real United, I'm not sure. I wonder what Jeremy has to say about that. We haven't even <laughs> mentioned West Ham yet. West Ham United. Okay. But whichever way you put that, all of those teams, including the Man U, do concede. Absolutely. Which opens it up for West Ham. Yeah, look, you, Savvy, Bowen, both of you love the Bowen, so uh, the man's got some quality there. And he comes in cheaper at 6.3. 
Yeah, he comes in cheap. And Leighton, this is another mini revival that, that fancy league players should be thinking of. What I said about Werner, get him in now to get form. His money could go start going up again. Uh, Bowen, same thing, because he dropped in the beginning because of the fixtures and not performing. He might go up again. So uh, it's a quick way to make some money as well. But but think of keeping them long-term as well. Don't put Bowen in for one week and then hope he's just going to do something. Um, the one anomaly, and I'm picking the fixture... And also because I want to change players. Uh, I've, I've done a very, very big ruthless move that most fancy league managers would think, what is this guy doing? Is he Have playing you dropped son? for the first time? I've taken Sterling out oh, and I've I'm, put I'm him in. Dude, I tell you what, I was playing with my team. I did the same thing, but I did that purely because there's no ways in hell in my FPL I'm going to put someone who is playing against Liverpool and scream for them, <laughs> let alone Sterling. So late and I... Uh, uh, as fancy league goes, that's got nothing to do with why I did it. I, I would like De Bruyne long term. Uh, it's something I've thought of. I've seen enough in the last few games that the real De Bruyne is coming back to form. Maybe. So I'm I'm picking one of the one of the two. For me, it's De Bruyne because of the and the penalty factor is what it sways me in his direction. They haven't had many and the free kicks. Uh, I think Sterling will be on the end a lot of De Bruyne's um, uh, De Bruyne's passes. But that De Bruyne gets the free kicks and the penalties also just sways it for me there. So this is a quick one for me to get Bowen in for a good fixture, mm. Sterling out at a tough fixture, and then work De Bruyne in to the side. So a bit, of, a bit of strategy there. And, and Fulham, I mean, let's look Fulham. I've just spoken West Ham. Fulham did look better. They looked great against West Ham. I did, I did call it. <laughs> they're getting I said, forward I was, now. They're getting forward now. They're looking more solid in the back. Um, but it's going to be a good game. And, and I see goals in it as well. Um but I'm going to tip West Ham to win it. I'll say West Ham three, uh, Fulham one. Sure. So Fulham definitely, you think, uh, get you said high scoring. 3-1 doesn't sound as high as I thought you might go over there. So you definitely West Ham by two, maybe a 4-2. I think, like you said, it, it can be a lot of fun for, for the weekend. Um, I just want to see, how did... Uh, Fulham did, uh, did face 10 shots, well... Although one only one on target, Fulham will have again. I mean, another one of those things. Thirteen shots against West Brom, six of them on target. I think. Well, you can't score goals unless you're putting it on target, or getting deflections. I'm just saying it's one or the other. So it's it is what you hope for. So yes, um, ending off on on sa- on Saturday evening, West Ham versus Fulham. West Ham at home probably do get the win. Yes, there's a lot of goals in there, and there's some good assets. Bowen is probably, like you said, he's the man to go to. I have been playing with that idea this whole week, although I haven't, uh, I haven't pulled the trigger on a specific player just yet, or if I'm even going to. But I know I'm taking Sterling out. But uh, that, that's when we get to the Man United-Liverpool game. But it is later on Sunday, but starting off Sunday, West Brom versus Spurs. Does Spurs go off again? Yes. So... Um so earlier when I spoke to you, Leighton, that um, I was torn between getting Werner in my side uh, with the money that I was able to free up. I'm able to take Jimenez out and get Harry Kane, Vardy, or, or um, get to Werner. So although the fixtures align me with getting Werner for the next few weeks, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm almost scared not having Harry Kane in my side for this, um, for this game. Don't be afraid. So at the moment, I've got the armband on Son. And I think the fixture and the away game and the way they've brought Harry Kane a little bit back, playing as um, as the guy behind the main striker, could uh, suit Son very, very nicely this game. But then again, um, 
uh, Slavon Bilic says they've got to be better West Brom. So they could be resolute. They could be 10 people behind the ball, which might frustrate Spurs for most of the game. So an early goal for Spurs, and I see Spurs winning comfortably, scoring three or four. Okay, question but, time. Uh, question time. Before you say three or four, this is the, the early kickoff. Do you still so that's what I said. Now, if it's that's if I said if they get an early goal. If it's cagey, if it's cagey and they don't get a goal before the 30th minute, 35th minute, I could see that goal. I could see that game ending 1-1 or Spurs just nicking it 1-0. So maybe a bit of hope for Fantasy League that I may be looking away from uh, Son and Kane as captain just because I don't have Kane right now. So mm. my hope is if I choose Werner over the Kane move, then I'm not going to captain Son and I'm going to hope for the best and hope they don't get a lot of goals. But if I do go the Kane move, I will captain Harry Kane. Okay. Fair enough. I do have Harry Kane and Son in and Sterling in my fan teams, uh, which I, I'm actually doing pretty well there, strange enough. I think I'm number 4,000 currently. Well done. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Right, then into the next game, Leicester versus Wolves. Now, Wolves have the most clean sheets. They've only conceded eight goals, though. And uh, Leicester, um, they've scored... Second highest amount of goals, tied with Liverpool. One behind Tottenham. They scored 17 goals. And four of them came in the last game. Great attacking. Tight defense. When do Wolves actually start getting a bunch of goals? Does does Jimenez do it this weekend? Leighton, and, and that's where I am at right now. I'm thinking, so I've got two free subs. Obviously, I used um, a Bowen for Sterling, so I've kept the other one right till the last minute to see if I take Jimenez out for, for Timo or Kane. Uh, but again, I'm thinking the exact same thing as you. Jimenez just looks like he's going to get a goal in him, but I think I'm actually listening a bit more to what people are saying and Jeremy about that ceilings. Mm. I don't see Jimenez scoring two goals against Leicester, but do I see Harry Kane and Werner scoring two goals against their opposition? Sure. That that seems more foreseeable for me. So in that regard, I'm going to do it. But to give away uh, a minus four or a free sub just like that, just hoping for it, um, no. The only thing that I don't like giving Jimenez away for is he's just, he's still got a good run of fixtures coming up. And um, we know that he's their go-to uh, uh, for Wolves. So I'm going on the route that I've got cover in Podense. That's what I'm hoping for, that he gets a bit of the lucky breaks and gets a mm. goal off Jimenez's assist and, and almost matches him and then go for the explosiveness of a Harry Kane or a Werner. And again, if you had to think strategically why I'm playing this, I want to go Werner because then I've got cover all the way around because then I've got Werner and I've got Son. So both games are covered yeah, and still Podense. So uh, Leighton, you're spot on. Um, Jimenez will probably score knowing that I'm going to take him out. If I take him out, he'll definitely score. Okay, so yeah. is that how it works? Because it's a work like that for me too. But but it's not about it's it's not about Wolves. Um, I think yes, they've been good. Uh, they've been good defensively, but that Leicester side and how they dispatched Leeds, uh, I think they're finding form at the right time. I yeah, think Fardy how good is, is Harvey Barnes. He's fantastic, but Leighton they, they rely so heavily on the formation of the game around Vardy. So when mm-hmm. Vardy plays, he only needs a few touches and he scores. Um, so, and he brings the people into play so easily. Pereira is going to be back in a few weeks' time. Their defence looks better. Undo looks like he's been one hell of a signing for them. Uh, Castagne, when Pereira's back, they're going to be phenomenal with their wing backs. And I think this Leicester side, I, I got it wrong. I said they were going to struggle this season. I said they would be like maybe getting into top seven. Um, I can see them challenging for the Champions League places again now from what I'm seeing. So It is early I, days gonna, though. It, it is, is early games, but I'm I'm going to tip a, a home win. 
So I'm going to go Leicester beat Wolves, um, but I don't see many goals in it. I'd go 1-0 or 2-1 Leicester City. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. I This, I'll be totally honest with you, I see this possibly as a 0-0 draw, realistically. I can see uh, Wolves being pinned back a little bit. I can see them keeping a tight defense. Maybe they don't get the goal going forward. But yeah, I think I, I think this could be a goalless encounter. And yes, and you were talking about Champions League spots. Uh, Man United are the second worst United in in the Premier League currently right now. It's only Sheffield United that's worse than them, but they are six points ahead of them. So be careful. Your your Man United listeners might uh, turn you off uh, while we're speaking about them. Now I'll tell you what, man. I, it's I'm, I'm picking them over Everton. I I do I do see. Man United coming right. And what is this I hear about Man United having having a new coach in the in the near future, possibly? Anyway. Well, I hope not, because I'm enjoying uh, this Ole at the wheel, drunk every second game, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, dropping points every game, listening to my, my Man United friends moan and complain. And, and they, they forget that, geez, they were winning everything for so many years. You know, yeah, five, they listen to years. us complain. They listen to us complain for 30 years. Mm. We speak we speak nonsense for the last two. Fantastic nonsense because mm. we, we're winners now. But um, I must tell you, he's not the right manager for them. Yeah. Um, he's just not. Uh, it's There's no game plan. I'm speaking to Man United fans, and this is exactly what they said. For there sure. is absolutely no way that he changes the tactics in the game uh, for the better or for the worse. He, he just he sets out a team there and he hopes they're going to go out and deliver. And when he sees things going pear-shaped, doesn't change it. When he sees things going well, doesn't actually know what to do. So they're going to get those games where they win five or six in one game. Yeah. But that, that doesn't get them momentum into the next game. They'd rather win 2-0 and win the next game 2-0 again. Yeah, that's probably true. Look, I mean, I, I think someone posted was it. Was it on one of the chat groups that we're on? Someone called him a cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, someone did you call yeah, me. I was a big United fan, by the way. Yeah, no, I had I had quite a chuckle at that. And then, again, like I, I've been saying it over the past couple of weeks, I think the the quality that they have in terms of players, at least in in their goals, their midfield and in forwards, I think uh, it's there. I think they obviously need some work in the defense, but they also just need a manager to put it together. And when they get that, I think uh, the rest of the league is is going to be very concerned. So this is Man United fan to another Man United fan. They were talking about Jose Mourinho and all the fans there. And his comment goes, Jose is not what he was, but the player made a lot of uh, profanity for him. Sanchez, Lukaku, Martial, Fred, Pogba, mostly. I'm tired of underperforming. Not good enough and inconsistent players sitting at Man United. Some of them must just move on. Now, along with the manager, he's a cheerleader at best. And I think that sums it up. And that's from a very, very big Man United form, mm. uh, fan on this platform. Yeah, sure. But now talking about the, the the blue side of Manchester, the happy, the happier side of Manchester, City are playing Liverpool. Leighton, I'm terrified. I'm probably going to have this whole two and a half to three minute discussion around my heart rather than my head. So forgive me, listeners that are not Liverpool fans. But having said that, Liverpool, uh, I'll start with Liverpool of the best performance of our season um, to date. Uh, Jota deservingly getting his start and getting a hat-trick. Mm. And I know we'll touch on where that leaves Firmino, but but more than that, for me, where does that leave Mane and Salah? They did not look happy for another guy taking the limelight, and I loved that. Yeah, I mean, Mane and Salah must be, as a Liverpool fan, you must be licking your lips thinking they just want to get goals now. They're not going to let this new boy for 45 million come into their spot where they're the main men mm-hmm. and take the limelight from them. And, and that is what I'm hoping for. 
in a perfect world, perfect scenario, I hope Klopp um, has the kahunas, which he normally does as a coach, to put all four of them on. So play the same front three that he played with Firmino, and maybe we get a surprise that Thiago's fit and he holds with Henderson. That, for me, that front six would be almost uh, unplayable. Mm. And why I say that is Jota likes those runs in behind, which City don't like. Yeah. City do not like someone running into the back, where Firmino normally comes short for the ball. Now they would need to worry about three people running in behind, Salah and Mane in the wings and Jota through the middle. So I'm going with my heart, Leighton. I think Liverpool go to City, make a statement, win the game. And what Klopp said last season, we're not going to defend our title, we're going to attack our title, starts taking shape. Yeah. That is my hope. Having taken Sterling out, I probably cursed Liverpool that he's going to score a goal. But I see, at worst, at worst, I see a nice, open, attacking game of football where both teams go hammer and tongue at each other and there's a high-scoring draw. At best, I see Liverpool coming away with a 2-1 victory. Okay. Now, look, uh, Jay, Jay does tend to... Um keep talking about the reverting to mean and he he, he praises the city side I, I have been slightly uh on on the opposite end i've, I've made the my made my feelings quite clear that i think they have been in a, a decline last season i don't see how this season has changed all that much they have they've only they've only scored nine goals for a team that has been known to score plenty nine goals in six games and they haven't exactly had difficult games along the way, and they have failed to get to get the ball into the back of the net. I do think there is something wrong over there. I don't know if uh, old KDB has had the season of his life last season in terms of FPL. I, I still, again, I don't see I don't see him doing that. I mean, you look at his history going in previously. The only difference is. There is a rivalry between City and Liverpool. It exists currently. That is the rivalry. And for that reason, it is the time that I think City decide to kick the game into a higher gear. I think they play it for Pep. They play it for the fans. I think they think they need to get the result now. And if they don't get a result now, I think there's big problems for them. However, that being said, Liverpool, fantastic in the midweek. And so is City, to be fair. Yeah. But Liverpool, fantastic. Not not just good, they're fantastic in the midweek. And you have said it, it is the, the first game that we have put it all together this season. Now... So- Klopp does reward people who play well. He does keep them on the field. And he will start Jota <laughs> this weekend. I can't see him not starting him. It would make no sense if he doesn't start Jota. Yeah. And I think City might just be scared. And I think when you say, you know, 2-1, I don't think it's enough. I think Liverpool concede more than one goal. But I think they score more than three. Leighton, I, I, I was listening to you talk there and I said to you that this comment from me is going to be totally with my heart. Uh, my head is pretty much what you've just said in the beginning part of it, that there is a rivalry now. We've had it over them for uh, for the last few seasons. So and when you've got rivalries like this, they always bring it closer together. Mm. Uh, they see the table, uh, everything's, there's everything to play for. Uh, and, and that is what scares me about the city side and under Pep. 
However, having said what you said, the timing could not be better for us with 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 sure. De Bruyne just coming back from injury. He still doesn't have a settled back four as to who's the starting back four. With Aguera out, Jesus just coming back from injury, playing Ferran Torres yeah, out of position, although playing extremely well out of position. Uh, does he bring Does he bring Jesus straight into the team? Uh, I'm on a different opinion to you, to Klopp. I think Klopp has so much belief in Firmino that I actually think for once, I mean, I'll, that man, every decision he's made for Liverpool, I've taken. And, and, and who am I to say that oh, it's a bad decision? But I, I would love him to start all four. I do, unfortunately, see him uh, starting Firmino because going for his tried and tested. In a way, knowing City are going to come guns blazing, he wants to control that midfield. I think the club knows we need to control that midfield because they're going to come full out at us. And remember, as you said, City, in a way, have more to lose than us. It's the first home game for them in the big uh, for the big teams. Mm. So if we come away with a draw, we've done our job. If we come away with a win, they're playing catch-up again. So it's uh, it's one of those banana skin games. But you brought up a very good point that I'm not brave enough to do. It is actually a very, very good game to pick a Sterling, De Bruyne, Salah, Mane captain because there will be goals. Mm. Um, it just it hinges on which way you're going to do. I'm not brave enough. I keep my Salah in and hope he does what he does. I would have kept Sterling if Bowen wasn't playing Fulham for the fixture regardless he's fixture proof but it's a long-term move for De Bruyne so I'll take my pain and punishment it's going to be a great game of football but it's bottom line it's going to be a great game of football and I think these are the two teams that finish one and two in what order I don't know yet we know which one I hope to finish in but I don't know yet and and you are spot on I'm I'm hoping the grumblings of Pep Guardiola and the new board at Barcelona are true Mm. because then I see some dominance for Liverpool over the next three to five years but if Pep signs something and he stays there for another three years, they, they could do something special again. He wants to build something. He wants to build a legacy. Mm. But his eggs are in the Champions League basket. If you see how strong a team he put out against Olympiacos on Wednesday, knowing that they needed that win, mm. uh, whereas, whereas Liverpool were a bit in cruise control, he didn't take Salah and Mane off. But, but Klopp spoke very, very nicely after the game. He said it was the, it's the first time that we clicked that we actually took our chances. But he said he, he saw it was coming anyway. So maybe he was trying to say to City, like, we yeah. And I, and Good I spoke time about to it. get that result. Good time I to think, get that result. I think I spoke about it when Van Dijk got injured. We've got four clean sheets now in a row. Um, what It means nothing about Van Dijk being our weak link. I mean, that's what, laughable. What, 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 what? Four clean sheets and what? We got clean sheets in the Champions League games. The two clean sheets prior to the only West Ham was the goal we conceded. Uh, four wins, sorry, man. Four wins. Yeah. What nonsense am I talking? Four wins in a row yeah. without Van Dijk. But what I was trying to say is we actually look more solid. Because what has happened is everyone is at the top of the game 20%. With Van Dijk, we came a little bit deeper now because mm. Van Dijk's not there. Uh, Gomez has got to play better. Trent's got to play better. Okay. Robinson's got to play better. And and it's okay because we've got the three attacking players that can make the space for themselves. So, yes, Liverpool might not be as expensive for the next few months. But if that comes with a bit of solidity in, in defense, I'll take it. Yeah, okay, let's talk about that Saladin defense. And this is what I wanted to get to earlier when we were chatting about, um, I think it was about United's defense and about having shakiness in the defense. Truth be told, Gomez Gomez can have his off moments. And, and that has probably been the diagonal ball that comes across. He's made some poor decisions when it when it comes to getting the ball out. And that's where Liverpool's most of their weaknesses have been. And truth be told, that Nathan Phillips last weekend against uh, Sheffield United, what a game for him. Yeah. Hey? 
yeah, that, yeah. that was something to see. But then again, I mean, like like you're saying over here, and I know you say what a game, and I, I, I was having a little bit of a laugh. If you if you're a United supporter, Everton versus United is the game for the weekend. If you're an Everton supporter, you're going to say that's the game for the weekend. If you're a City supporter, it's City versus Liverpool. Liverpool supporter, it's no, City no, 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 no. Let's be fair. We take off our Liverpool caps. This is the game of the weekend. This is top of the table. Last two champions playing each other. One versus two in the last two years. One versus two probably this year. This is the game of the weekend. But I, I, I want to defend Gomez for you just for a second there. Yeah. He's quick. They give him criticism. It's quick to give him criticism because we notice his mistakes more. However, he stepped up. The boy stepped up. And... And the rumblings around Liverpool and the training ground and a few photos that have been taken is that Klopp might be pulling a Fernandinho and playing Jordan Henderson next to Gomez this weekend. What? Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of talk that it might happen just in terms of, of leadership and trying to, because they're going to try and play everything through channels instead of in the air. It could be a masterstroke because we've got such a strong midfield already. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if that happens. I think Phillips can clear the ball. He played a fantastic game against uh, Sheffield United. Different game. I, I would. I don't think he's the right guy to start against uh, such a team that plays it <laughs> yeah. through you. You so, know, so um, he's, he's, he's not fast enough. It's along the ground. But let's not even comment about the game of the weekend. This is the game of the weekend. Yeah, it is. Uh, we, we, we know what we want from it. Liverpool fans want to win. City fans want to win. Yeah. The rest of the Premier League, they're going to get a cracking game of football. Yeah, and they all the want us to draw. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, Andreas, ending off the weekend, Arsenal versus low-flying Aston Villa for the last uh, two games. Where where has it gone wrong for the Villa? Because they were looking quality tight, and now are the wheels coming off? You had them for uh, for, for a relegation at the beginning of the season. Don't remind me of all the things I get wrong, please, Leighton. Uh, it's just it's how I keep you in check. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to have you think that uh, that you, that you know everything. I've seen photos of you. The, how you bless the 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 rest of the Premier League uh, fantasy Premier League uh, people. <laughs> that being said, old uh, Jack Grealish, quality player. That getting that uh, that ball forward getting that ball into dangerous areas, does he do it against Arsenal? And how good or how bad is Arsenal going to be? Because there's no in-between with them. There's no in-between. Leighton, I like this fixture because you've known me and um, I've spoken on the podcast that I like um, having a captain in the last game of the game week. Abameyang. So... (laughs) Uh, for all those Gunner fans out there, why I haven't made my second transfer of Werner and Kane is that whoever I bring in, whether it be Werner, Kane, or Obama Young, becomes my captain what? for the game week. And I will release that to the fans before the close. I will give you my word. I will release who my captain is and which one I chose of the three before the close so that I can put my money on it. I think Arsenal are about to explode. I think they've got solidity now with Partey there. It wasn't the greatest game against Man United, but it was a stepping stone in three points. And purely the fixtures and that his price has gone down and that he is their talisman. And I'm thinking, when does he come good? Is it the goal, the penalty against United that gets him ticking again? Um, He's a man that speaks about getting goals every single week. It's been four or five weeks that he hasn't been scoring. So Aston Villa, 
playing fantastic football. I think with Arsenal more solid, uh, Young in that side um, ticking, I, I think Arsenal win this comfortably. I, I think this is their, their turning point. Um, I, I've got a feeling, I don't know, I've had a gut feeling the whole week that uh, it would probably catch a few people out and Young could be the differential of the weekend for anyone that, that goes that route because not many people will think him because of Kane and Vardy's form and Werner's form that he could sneak in there and you could get him into that team. So, I've left the money there to get rid of a cheap midfielder to get him, which is quite nice on my mm-hmm. side. Uh, or I'm going straight for an again. So for those out there, if you have the money, you're brave enough. If you put a bummer young in, captain him. Wow. Don't just put him in. If you what? put him in, captain him. Why, why not captain a defender like Bellerin for the weekend? Because Leighton, as, as Jeremy always tells <laughs> you, as, as Jeremy always tells you about ceilings, he's spot on, and and they are. So they've got the most clean sheets at home. I think Arsenal. They they look the, the most solid team in defence because they're playing the two holding midfields. That is going to change. I, I saw enough with Partey in the last sixty minutes that he knows what he's trying to do there, and he'll burst forward with the ball. And Aubameyang will find spaces. And that having said, when Liverpool got hammered by Aston Villa, great work again by Aston Villa. Liverpool had more chances than Aston Villa in that game. When Aston Villa conceded four the other day, the team could have scored six. So mm. as good as Aston Villa have been going forward, they actually become quite leaky at the back. Mm. So this could be the perfect game for Arsenal to get two or three goals. So I'm, I'm going to tip that Grealish keeps his form going. Mm. Unfortunately, I can't afford him and I don't have him. I think he keeps his form going. Uh, so if you have Grealish or Watkins, keep them. But I think Arsenal outscore them. And because it's the late kickoff and the Premier League has just been goals, 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 4-2 Arsenal. Wow. Okay, sure. That's a, that's a big call, Andreas. Hat-trick a, for Obama Young. What? What? Okay. Okay. I, I 100%, 100% do not agree with you. <laughs> Unequivocally, I do not agree with, with the, your final, final prediction there. I do not see Arsenal getting the victory. Um they got the they got their penalty win over United last weekend. Um, I see another one one two two kind of game. I don't I don't see I don't see a victory on either side of that field. To be totally honest with you, I don't know if it's going to be high scoring. I I'd like it to be. The only reason why I wanted two two is because I need Grealish to do something or two 0 for Aston Villa because I have a question. Martinez in goals. At what point do you take him out now if they're going to start to leak goals in? But he will make saves. Surely he'll make saves as well. Leighton, playing against your old team, you keep him in. You know, he, he knows. I mean, look at, just think about Aubameyang getting a penalty. Martinez had to face that all the time. So that could be my bittersweet moment that if you, I did go him and I did actually afford Aubameyang in my team and then uh, he gets a penalty, Martinez saves it. Uh, like it will be something to think about. The free kicks become a bit um, a bit harder for, for Arsenal because he knows where Saka and them take free kicks. The corners, he, he might still know the calls a little bit, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, and he likes saves, but always playing against your old team. Aren't you 10 to 20% better? already so keep him in for save points if you do have a home keeper uh, i'm going um i'm going the southampton keeper this weekend i've mm-hmm. got him in so i'm okay he plays at home for me against newcastle mccarthy so mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna go that route but if you want martinez in for save points and if you think arsenal aren't gonna score as many goals as i said put martinez in he could be the catalyst for that victory 
I'm sticking with my result, Leighton. I know it might be far-fetched, it might be far off, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sticking with it. And uh, even if I don't go by my young, it will be it will be Kane or okay. Werner in. But uh, I've just got a feeling about him. I don't know why. Uh, it, it's just one of those gut feels that sometimes you have a feeling. But I've got a feeling about three players this week, and that's the problem. Okay. <laughs> I've played my wild card. I've got a feeling about Werner, Kane, and about Wait, Young. So, so, so then you've played your wild card? Yeah, I played it a while ago. Remember, I played yeah, it. Yeah, did, this wasn't like your second three. wild card that you've played. No, 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 no. You can't. You can't play that. No, no. That first wild card. So, I've got to live with my my decisions now. If there are people that had a wild card in, right now, and you could get a bummer, young Werner, uh, Kane, Son in your side now, uh, I think you'd you'd get close to that hundred points this week. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that's going to be a very very interesting interesting weekend ahead of the football Andres um, now if if I may if I may ask can we just quickly put a little bit of a team together for for our for our listeners in goals out of if you could pick anyone in goals right now who would you have for this weekend anyone just for just for this weekend just for this weekend um, Mendy Mendy okay um, two defenders just give me two your two your two top defenders for the weekend Tarek Lamptey and? Chilwell. Chilwell. Okay. Into the midfield. So so far you've got two two Chelsea boys. So going strong in the Chelsea because then I immediately assume you've got Werner up front with, I suppose, Kane for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You assume okay. correct. So give me give me three three quality midfielders, one of them being Yang, obviously. Obviously. And Yang, Salah, mm. Bowen. Okay, nice, Andres. Look, uh, I, I'm I'm not going to lie. When I put uh, put the little team together, like I said, next time uh, when we get to the the next Premier League weekend, I'm going to make that a, make that a little bit of a show. We're going to put a team together uh, for the show for the weekend. We'll post that onto the Twitter feed. So if you aren't following the Twitter feed, it is at LTV underscore Sportscast S P O R T S Cast. So get on top there. Andreas is going to, as, as bad as I am at uh, the social media thing, Andreas said he's going to try. He's, he's just trying to figure out how to work a smartphone. He's uh, still using the old laptop, eh? But <laughs> if not, I'll send it to you and you can, I'll, uh, you can forward it on to the people <laughs> as to where I'm going. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Then Andreas, um, if I may ask you, have, have you watched any Formula One? Or do you, you're just not into it, eh? No, Leighton, I'm, I'm not. I know that Lewis Hamilton is just walking the title there, or he's walked that yeah. already. That's he's right. He's become the most successful um, Formula One driver of all time. And Mercedes, and Mercedes have gone have won the seven. construction championship. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's for me, I like competition. I like yeah, that myself. my team wins the competition, like Liverpool, hopefully. Yes. But um, it, it seems a bit of monotonous to me that uh, Mercedes are just dominating a sport force for so long. Yeah. But seven years in a row. Yeah, congratulations to them. Um, they probably do. Ha- they they do have obviously going into next season. They do have obviously the momentum which takes them into next season, and it's only in twenty twenty two that the rules change. So it will be the first time that we actually get to hopefully see something that's going to be happening. Renault, hopefully they're getting some momentum now. Danny Rick has got two podiums going into um, the. Well, they've, they've, he's got two podiums and they're going into the last couple of races. Then, Andres, quickly, MotoGP, have you been watching? Oh, dude, top top number one hour of television on a Sunday that you can watch. If there's a uh, single hour that you need to watch, is MotoGP. I don't know how many times I must tell you. Okay, okay, you have my word. I'll start watching it. On the next show, I'll give you my, uh, my verdict of the last race. Okay, cool. 
But then if, if, I, if I can quickly talk your ear off here, if you don't mind. No uh, Okay, so we had uh, this past, obviously, this past uh, MotoGP the, at uh, the Tyrrell GP, the second leg of the Aragon doubleheader. Franco Morbidelli, he came in with what was his second win of the season. And uh, then what is seemingly to be the most reliable outfit, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't think it, the Suzuki's with Alex Rins finishing second and Jan Mir finishing third. Then now I know, I know one of our FPL boys, his neighbor is old Brad Binder. Hey, yeah, they're from uh, in, inside Mulder's Drift area, South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, Leighton. Um, so every weekend I go visit Brad Binder. We oh, have a oh, you, you, guys, you guys hang out no. while, he's, while he's busy riding overseas. Eh? Do no, a, I go, do I go to my, my friend's house. No, they are neighbors. And yeah. he said, I mean, he told me who Brad Binder was and, and how well he's doing and all of those things. Mm. And uh, strangely enough, not that it is anything with me, I went to the same school as Brad Binder, Crooks to Bar. Was so he, he in was, our uh, school? Alum. Yeah, he what? was indeed. That's it. So uh, much younger than us. Um, and he's, he's done wonders. But he does live in that house and my friend told me that he's probably seen him all of two times in the last three years well the man's busy he's busy he's busy out there but yes he does ride for ktm he did take out uh, jack mill on the first lap of the last race but his teammate paul espargo managed to get the red bull ktm into fourth which i was expecting a strong showing from the ktms in the second leg because they do tend to adapt better um with the things, but Andreas, if you are watching, and I do, I do mention about the Suzuki's and how well they're doing in Jan Mir. Jan Mir right now, with three races to go, is fourteen points ahead of second. He will be the first MotoGP rider to win the championship without winning a single race. Now there is something to think about if wow. it happens a season. So this but, is when I tell you how exciting this is. You can imagine how many people have got some victories. Even Brad has got a victory, but he's all the way down in 12th position on only 67 points. You get 25 points for a victory. Shows you how fast the things can change. So do yourself a favor. One hour this weekend. I mean, it's from beginning to end. It's going to take you an hour. Watch it. it What's is his name it. again, Leighton? The guy that could win without winning a, a race? Jan Mia. Oh, it's spo- it's spelled Joan, so like in English, like like James is James kind of thing. Well, surely so, it shows his consistency. 100%. He's got six podiums um, this season. I think that he's the lowest he finished was 11th. Uh, he had two retirements, and then the second lowest he ever finished was fifth. So it's just been it's been a hell of a season. Talk about overtakes. It's... I think there's 20, 25 points, no, 29 points separating first from six. So anyone can still win over there. So rule nothing out. And I know Murray Walker in Formula 1 used to say anything can happen in Formula 1 racing and usually does. I'll tell you what, anything can happen in MotoGP racing and it is certainly doing it this, uh, this 2020 season. Okay, right, then Andres, I just want to end off the show with UFC. You don't watch UFC, you don't like to watch the guys have a, have a, have a few words with each other from time to time? Maybe less talk, more fists? I'm a very calm guy, Leighton. I don't like seeing people beat each other to a pulp. Um, it's a sport. They uh, hug each other afterwards, bro. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. I actually have a lot of respect for the guys, and I can't believe how they can actually get up and actually do that uh, week in, week out, and the power and the stamina and the strength to just do that. And I must say, they are the, the probably the, the sport with the courteous, most courteous people because I've seen every single one of them lose, and as soon as they lose, they actually go and applaud the winner straight away. It's yeah, actually unbelievable, you know. So, mm. so that is unbelievable. I'm not, um, as you can see, I'm a football guy and, and actually, actually a rugby guy. But um, you've actually made me get into these a little bit more. That's why I knew more about the the Formula One, and I'll mm. watch the MotoGP. Um, and I 
I do follow, I followed the UFC when uh, the Conor McGregor's and all of them fought mm. and, and all of those things that happened. So no, the hype train on those boys. The hype train, yes. Okay. That, that might be the way it goes. But um, yeah, uh, kudos to them. Yeah, so for so you and Jeremy do do like a little bit more of the hype hype stuff. I do enjoy the the sports side of things, so that's probably what what grabs me the most. But then yeah, so this weekend, if you do happen to wake up in the morning, there's a light heavyweight belt, uh, Tiago Santos versus Glover Teixeira, this weekend. Now, since John Jones has left the the light heavyweight division, it has been quite a bit more open than ever. There is a bit more depth. That Jan Blakovic, obviously, he beat uh, Dominic Reyes in the last match, so he's currently got the title. But Dominic Reyes did actually, okay, he was robbed off the match against John Jones. But then now you see Thiago Santos, his last fight, which was last year, he lost a split decision to John Jones. But he had currently, he had at that time come off a win against him, which is now the reigning champion uh, via TKO, performance of the night thing. So, I mean, he's 36, he's probably in his prime currently for a light heavyweight. Glover Teixeira, he's on a four-fight win streak. He's 41 years old, though. And if if he wants to fight for the title, I mean, he gets, let's say he gets a win this weekend. And the last time he fought was Anthony Smith back in May this year. So he's got a lot less ring rust, if you want to call that. But it was also a performance of the night. Also TKO getting it done. So both of the chappies have lost seven times. Tiago Santos, 21 wins. Glover Teixeira, 31 wins. Like I said, age is a factor, although Tiago comes in at a favorite at 4 to 10. If you are going to wake up, it's going to be heavy hands. This is not going to be the one where they hug it out. Eh? So <laughs> if, if you say you don't particularly like it, it uh, might be enjoyable for you. So, Leighton, uh, to end on UFC, from my point of view, um, obviously you're a lover of the sports, so I don't even know if you can actually compare this, but I heard uh, over the radio and in sports, uh, they were talking about Jones versus... Uh, Jones versus Khabib, saying we was the the greatest of all time for UFC. Okay, can you actually compare since they're in different uh, divisions? Well, hundred percent, you can compare because both of the, uh, John Jones had only ever fought in light heavyweight, so he only ever fought one division. Um, Khabib fought in two divisions. He had a history with. He would have had a lot more fights if he didn't struggle with the weight cuts. He always struggled with the weight cuts. That was one of his big things. John Jones had arguably lost a couple of fights, which he won via decision. Gustafsson, which was one of them. Dominique Reyes was another one. So there is fights out there where John Jones was taken into deep water. Khabib Namakhnamadov might have lost, might, might have lost one round in his whole fight career. Oh, wow. Okay, so I know okay. where your answer lies. So Khabib, if... If they were, I know Khabib, okay, Khabib does uh, Russian samba wrestling, you know, which is slightly different to um, the American style wrestling. Now, Daniel Cormier, which was in um, the AKA um, training fight camp or whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, their team, he, he's, he fought light heavyweight and heavyweight, an Olympic wrestler. Khabib used to wrestle against him. Let's put it that way. So you've got a lightweight wrestling against a heavyweight and Khabib has no end to him. So yeah, if, if you're ever going to do yourself a favor, do yourself a favor, watch Khabib. He ragdolled people for years. I don't know if you saw the Twitter thing that I put out. I remember UFC dropped it just before the Khabib fight where he talks to the other fighters in, in the middle of the thing. So I'll, no, look, I'll have a look. I'll, I'll find that for you. I'll drop it your direction. You'll have quite a laugh at it because we, who was he fighting? He was smacking Michael Johnson in the face. This was I'm when telling he, him to quit. Yeah, he's like, you must quit. I, yeah. I, I deserve this. You know I deserve this more than anyone. 
I mean, who does that? When he elbows somebody in the face, it's crazy. It's madness. Yeah, so a whole bunch of fun. Look, I enjoy UFC for for the sport. I don't I don't particularly like the antics, so it's not a WWE type thing. I don't like the, the hate train type stuff. I like it where they shake hands afterwards. I enjoy that aspect. I know when he did, when he did smack Connor, because <laughs> he smacked Connor. And I remember he was on top of Connor and said, we talk now, now we talk. You want to talk, we talk now. And then Connor was just, obviously he couldn't say anything because, I mean, he had a face full of fist. And then after Connor tapped, um, Connor said it was just, it was all, it was just business. But it's not just business for Khabib. You're a sportsman in the ring and you're a sportsman out of the ring. You're a sportsman always. So mad respect. Although Jeremy doesn't particularly like it. He says it's uh, he likes the drama. So you have heard him say that. But yes, Andreas, what's this weekend? Light heavyweights fights. Um, there is going to be some heavy hands thrown. So watch, it will probably be the one weekend that I get you to watch it and it's going to be boring. So take a chance, guy. Just no take problem, a chance. Andres, thank you so much for, for joining us for this show. Listen, have yourself a great weekend. Yes, drop us your captain, who you decide. Put it onto the Twitter feed. If you don't mind dropping your team just after the, after the game week, or give it five minutes before the game week closes. So if anyone wants to grab that, be like, I want to do what Killer does. Listen, if, if I can figure that out, I'll do that. Um, I must tell you, though, that um, I will definitely, whether I figure it out or, or send it to you, I will uh, announce my captain before I do it. Good luck. Um, for those ahead of me, I'm coming for you to the listeners. Hope you have a great Fancy League week. And there's going to be goals, goals, goals this weekend. So don't worry about defenders, attacking midfielders and strikers. That's the way to go this weekend. Right. Good luck, Andreas, for the weekend. Green Irish to everyone. Cheers, cheers. Bye. Cheers.